0: Welcome to Passport Required. I'm Kim Covert, owner and lead travel designer at Silverleaf Travel.
1: And I'm Gary Covert. Together, we are on a mission to help experienced travelers and would-be travelers get even more informed, inspired, and get moving so they can enjoy great travel experiences and make memories that will last.
0: We believe that travel offers so many opportunities to improve the quality of our lives. Travel helps us learn more about the world, ourselves, and those closest to us. It keeps us vibrant, fresh, and connected, and travel helps us celebrate life.
1: We invite you to join the Silverleaf Travel Facebook page so that we can amplify our impact and help people get off of and stay off of what we'd like to call Someday Island.
0: We know you're going to love this episode, so let's get after it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode. Really excited about this episode, as you will hear. We're talking Italy, which is one of my favorite subjects I get asked a lot about. Um, Gary, unfortunately, hasn't been with me quite yet, but we are going to make plans, I'm sure, here very soon. But there's many ways to travel throughout Italy or around Italy via cruise. You can do it by land, either independently or with a, a escorted group coach tour. So if you are intrepid and you have a backpack and you just want to go, 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 that's one way you can do it on your own. Or if you need some help and, and putting all these logistics together and making an iconic trip through Italy, just let me know. But it's one of my favorite countries and I definitely will be back many times over as you will hear in this episode. So thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. It's Kim Covert. And I'm Gary Covert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Passport Required. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite countries in Europe. We're talking Italy. Mm. I have
1: have very little to say about it because you have gone many times and I've gone... I'm putting up goose a goose egg. Egg. <laughs> Z- this many zero people times could see. <laughs> <laughs> this many zero times I've gone far, uh, but you've got many times and I would like to go. I'd love to go. You I'd keep talking to it up. Him. And actually, to be fair, you have offered many times, mm-hmm. but just because of uh, schedules and things like that. You know, I'm just so busy. I yes. have not been able to take advantage of that. But mm-hmm. I know that that is a super popular location for your clients. And I can hear you in your office. You're always talking to them about uh, Italy. So number one. Yeah. So it'd be really, a, I, I'm interested to have this conversation with you because now we could maybe start making some plans. Let's do Plan some ideas in my head of what we should do, how we attack this.
0: A lot of ideas, you know, it's one country I'd love to go back several times. There's still so much to see. It's such a big country. People will call me and say, oh, I have five days. Let's go to Italy. Well, you kind of need a little bit more time than that. It's a bi- think of the United States. Would you go for five days? Probably not. And if you do go for a short amount of time, you want to focus on one particular area. Yeah, you pick
1: um, a pick a geography. I mean, if, if you really just have Five five days. Maybe you've done something else in Europe and you've got five days that you can allocate to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you can have a good time there, right? But you just gotta be you gotta just choose Tactical. Yeah. for what you
0: if you thoughtful. wanna see all of Italy, you'll need a couple at least a couple of weeks. Because you think of the, the timing that you lose traveling between city to city. The train system there is amazing, but you do have to check out of your hotel go to the train station, get on your train, go to the, you know, so you do lose a whole day instead of being able to do you know, touristy things. So I always recommend staying in each city, a minimum, minimum of three full days. So if you only have a week, that's two cities, basically, and then your travel day in between.
1: Okay. And so, and these are some of the major cities, is that was. you major saying?
0: cities, yeah. Okay. You have a short amount of time and then we can talk geographically about you know, the various parts of Italy and what might be more interesting to one person versus another person. But it's one of the most popular destinations right now. So if this is someplace you're thinking of, plan it up at least a year out if you can. The farther out you plan, the more options you'll have. Hmm. Pricing will be better. It's just, it's kind of expensive right now. Flight prices obviously are really expensive right now, but we're hoping that'll come down in the next year or so. But one can hope. We can
1: hope. (laughs) hope is a dangerous thing you
0: know it's it's supply and demand like there's so many people who want to travel through europe right now and especially italy it's so expensive compared to the pre-grand pause that we Mm -hmm. had there's so much to see there's the culture and the Mm -hmm. artwork and the food and the and the countryside and the wine regions and there's just so much it's such a i mean there's the the people are amazing the food is amazing (laughs) the the easability of every city is is just amazing. That's why I just gush over Italy.
1: Yeah, and I love the fact that they have cities and regions named after my favorite foods. <laughs> yes. I was looking at a map. Papa. I was yeah, I was looking at a map earlier and I I, I love strombolis and I was like, there's a whole island called Stromboli.
0: That's the
1: like island. I want to go there.
0: <laughs> You're not going to have a bad meal or bad gelato wherever you go. Right. <laughs> right. Or wine. It's just it's a great country. And it I I would say like the best time to go would be the shoulder season, which is the spring or fall. So April, May, September, October. I've gone in both both time frames and it's really lovely. I would definitely avoid the summer. It's hot. It's crowded. Uh August all the Europeans take their vacation, so it's gonna be extra crowded and extra hot. So try to try to do like September, October or May. Yeah, April, May. So those are good times and good pricing. Yeah. Yeah. But the train system there is really easy. You can drive. Mm. So I've driven. (laughs) We have a family
1: bias against driving in different countries. countries. You can
0: certainly do it. I would say more so in the countryside. You might even need to be driving Mm, in the countryside. It's much easier in the countryside, obviously, Mm -hmm. than the cities. The main cities, they're busy. You're not going to know where to park. The signs are all in Italian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There, it's not common sense <laughs> of where you could park legally. Mm-hmm. The in once you get more south and especially like in a Malfi coast, those roads are so narrow and so windy, and you have these gigantic mega buses coming through there with their coach tours going through these windy roads that you've got to avoid. And then the parking—it's <laughs> just why stress yourself out? Mm-hmm. You know, get a driver do a coach tour, you know, do something else, take the train. Unless you really have to drive, I wouldn't suggest Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So I've driven from France to Italy, and that was not the most common experience. You (laughs) went
1: to, what was that? Siena is where you went.
0: Siena was, well, we did a lot in Italy, but that was the main city that I had the most problem driving around. And because you can't drive in the old town of Mm Siena, you can only drive around the edge. And we couldn't figure out where to park because everything said no parking and big red X's. and Uh, Yeah. So we drove around for like two hours trying to figure it out. And finally, we just said, oh, screw it. We'll just park it. And if our cars are off, God bless us. Out in the countryside, we had the greatest time driving, you know, in the wine countries and the rolling hills and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes
1: sense. So maybe pick your mode based on your home base Mm -hmm. and where you're going from. Yeah. You know, but it might not be your primary Mm -hmm. mode of transportation
0: a lot of popular cities are Venice, Florence, Rome, maybe Naples if you as you're going south, Amalfi Coast. Many many flights go into Venice, many go into Rome. You might have a little harder time for say Na- Naples. You probably mm-hmm. have a lot of one stops from from the US. So I usually recommend people starting like Rome, it's mm-hmm. easy and then you can do an itinerary from there. But starting from the north of Italy, obviously you have Venice. Everybody knows Venice and Mm -hmm. what to do in Venice. Mm -hmm. So you can fly into Venice. Mm -hmm. Cruises are also very popular in Venice. Just know that the big mega ships can't get into the canals of Venice right now. So they've banned them since there was a big accident Mm -hmm. there a few years ago. So with like the big Royal Caribbeans and Norwegians, even the somewhat midships and smaller ships like Oceania, uh, they have to port out in different uh, ports now. And one of the popular ones, and I apologize Italy for massacring all these cities because I don't speak Italian. It's, I think, Triste or Triste, Triste. Um, that's becoming a very popular port for the cruise lines, but that is an hour, hour and a half away. So plan accordingly. Okay. <laughs> there, so, there's some logistics
1: that need to yeah, be Yeah. You're up, not in say. Venice. You're in Venice adjacent. Exactly.
0: So, okay. Or if you sail out of Rome, or even if you're taking a cruise and has a stop in Rome, just know looking at a map, Rome is inland, about an hour, hour and a half, depending on traffic. Mm -hmm. So you've got to kind of build that into your travel time if if you're doing things like that.
1: Hearing that, I mean, for somebody who hasn't been to Italy before, like me, would you recommend doing it as a cruise or would you recommend doing it as land? It
0: depends on how much you want to see. Like if you want to just a a taste of different cities, a cruise is good because obviously you're only in there a day. It's mm-hmm. a floating hotel, basically. So you're in a day. Some cruises go stay overnight in some of the ports. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a little taste and maybe you'll see a city that you might want to go back to and see more. But cities like Rome, you could spend three, four full days there and just scratch the surface of what's there to I've see. I
1: heard that there, in the Vatican, there's 50 miles of hallways with artwork. I believe it. <laughs> 50 miles. It's so much. That's like amazing.
0: the Louvre in France is two days. I mean, you You can't see everything in one day or even a half day. Um, So there's just so much to see, and it just depends on what you want to do. But I think it's so easy to get around that doing it by land is a great way to see Italy. Okay. So Rome would
1: be a good home base?
0: You could do Rome a home base. You can can even start in Venice Mm -hmm. and and see Venice and the canals. And there's a few things that you can do within the city itself. But if you want to stay longer or say you have crews going in and out of it, come in a few days early, you can use that as a home base and go out to Verona or Bologna. There's a lake called Lake Garda. Um, there's a town, again, sorry if I'm going to massacre this, Bassano del Grappa. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's all these really charming towns that are a very easy direct train ride from Venice. Mm. Super easy, like hour, hour and a half. So you can just do it as a day trip. Go okay. out to Verona see Romeo and Juliet you know, and all and what Verona has to offer and then come back mm-hmm. and the next day maybe go to Bologna or go to Bassano da Grappa, which is the base of these mountains. It's really pretty so that you could stay there longer and not have to move around. But then if you want to go to another major city, there's Florence, mm-hmm. which is only a two hour train ride, direct train ride from Venice. Super easy. Mm-hmm. You can go from Venice down to Florence, and then use Florence as a home base. Mm. Again, there's so much in Florence that you can see, the Statue of David, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you're so close to the Tuscan region. There's San Gimignano, and there's, uh, of course, there's Siena, there's mm-hmm. Pisa, um, there's, I can't even think of, a, a um, rizzo there, I mean, There's so many little towns mm-hmm. around there. So you could stay in Florence for a long time and use that as a home base. Okay. Um, you could do a day trip to Cinque Terre, mm-hmm. basically. Cinque Terre is a little harder to get to than people think. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, this coastal village, but it's it's a little challenging. Cause from Florence, it is um, like a three and a half hour train ride with a stop most days. Only on Sundays do they have a direct train, which is about a two and a half hour train ride. Um, but it's harder to go from, say, Venice to Cinque Terre. You would have to go Venice. Florence stay what do it not then go to Cinque Terre then come back to Florence and then move on to the next city okay so that's why Cinque Terre is good for cruises it's why it's okay. really popular um to stay in Cinque Terre it's challenging not the best accommodations not a lot of accommodations hmm. it's better to kind of stay outside the little villages and and then just go in mm-hmm. for the day but there's There's lots. I mean, I've stayed outside of Florence. We stayed at a kind of like an Airbnb type place just outside of San Gimignano. And it had multiple units, uh, kind of like apartments. And they had a kitchen and you can cook dinners. And they had a pool. And it was really beautiful. Ones that you kind of see in the movies that are up on a hill and there's vineyards all around and they have a pool. It's beautiful old stone buildings and everything like that. So you can stay there. You might need a car out in the Tuscan region or private driver. So if you want to stay like in that San, San Gimignano area, you can take a train. There's a town close to it and then arrange for a car to come pick you up from the train station and take you to where you're staying. And a lot of, a lot of these places know how this all works and they'll have a driver, or can arrange something. And then you can do day trips from there and mm-hmm. uh, see, go wine tasting, things like that. So it's nice. That's one of my particular favorite areas just because I love wine. Yes. It's so pretty. And then from Florence, you can go down to Rome, easy, hour and a half, direct train ride again. And then Rome, I would say you can spend a majority of your time in Rome. There's obviously so much to see, the Colosseums and, you know, the Vatican and the Spanish Steps, and there's just a lot to see and and whatever your interests are. So you could take at least three days there just for for Rome alone. Mm. And if you don't hit Florence... You can stay in Rome and do Florence as a day trip. You can take the morning train, do maybe a city tour in Florence, and then come back to Rome. So you don't okay. have to move. Okay. So you could go, say, from Venice down to Rome, stay in Rome, and just see Florence as a day trip.
1: Okay. So maybe you touched on this a little bit already, but where does the Amalfi Coast fit into that? And then so. that's
0: after this. Amalfi okay. Coast is is south of Rome. And what I suggest people do is take the train from Rome down to Naples. Mm-hmm. It's a hour, I think it is, hour train ride. You don't necessarily need to stay in Naples. <laughs> what I suggest mm. is get a private driver, pick you up from the train station, stop at Pompeii mm. on the way to Amalfi Coast and see Pompeii because it's on the way. It's really easy. And it is the most fascinating thing to see. I didn't think that I would enjoy Pompeii as much as I did. And I would love to go back.
1: You're not a huge history buff.
0: No. (laughs) And that was a really interesting, and we had a great tour guide. I mean, that's really makes it too. Don't go by yourself and just wander. You really need a tour guide to show you what you're looking at Mm -hmm. and show you really unique spots of Pompeii. Yeah, that was just the best experience that day. (laughs) And then they can take you on to uh, the Malfi Coast. I like putting people in Sorrento. It's a very manageable little town. It's Mm -hmm. up on a cliff on the beach. Um, It's a great walking town, great restaurants, great shopping. It's, of course, it's beautiful there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could be a little less expensive than actually staying in the Malfi Coast, but it's like Malfi Coast adjacent. Mm -hmm. You could still do the same day tours that you can when you're staying down on the Malfi Coast. You can still go out to Capri. You could still go to Positano you could still do Ravello all these things so i like that's where i like p- putting people is in, in sorrento but you could stay in Positano that's not a problem either mm-hmm. just know physically you're, <laughs> lots of steps you know that's that hillside town that you see in a lot of I always that one is
1: just like hanging off the side yeah of the it's, it's okay. all
0: stairs little roads yeah that's you got to have some some physical ability to stay in Positano um we stayed at a hotel there and it didn't have an elevator so the owners lugged our butt bags upstairs for us. But just know, Yeah, it's a little bit more challenging. But it is a beautiful city to stay in. I've stayed in it. Mm-hmm. And if you stay in Sorrento, you can do probably three days as well, at mm-hmm. least from there. And one day you go out to Capri, do the Blue Grotto if the weather permits, where it's the this this would be a boat tour? Yeah, it's a boat tour. So you can either do it as a private boat tour out to Capri, or you can take the shuttle out to Capri, or do it as a group thing. Um, but I like private like or small group, and we did it with a small group of people, and the guy played music, and we had lunch, and we stopped and swam in mm-hmm. one spot, but he did the ex- entire island. There's many uh, uh, grottos. There's like the green grotto, white grotto, and then the famous blue grotto, which you actually can't go into yourself. You have to join a another tour operator, okay. mm-hmm. and it's only weather permitting because it's a very small opening where you have to okay. like lay down in a boat okay. and you go into this cave, and it opens up and everything's blue, like the okay. water's all blue. It's very okay. famous, right. um, so it's kind of a hit and miss whether or not you'll actually get inside the Blue Grotto. Okay. <laughs> but weather, the other permitting. One, weather permitting, it'll
1: feel very special if you do.
0: Absolutely, okay. but the other grottos you can kind of see from the outside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You could see that they're green or white or whatnot. Um, and then the actual t- island of Capri is really interesting. So lots to do and see and shop. And what are things. some of the things on on the island? It's it's really mountainous, mm-hmm. so you can hike to the top. They have a um, like a chairlift mm-hmm. situation at the top, but there's mm-hmm. lots of shopping. There's an old church, great restaurants. It's just a beautiful island. The water that water is, is so beautiful there, mm-hmm. so it's really famous it's not too far off the coast mm-hmm. and then another day you can do Amalfi coast which is the town of Amalfi which is on the on the beach on the coast uh but one of my favorite towns is the town just above it up on the hill is Ravello Ravello it's okay. so pretty and i highly recommend stopping there it's just up a little road above Amalfi and the views up there are spectacular and it it's just unreal you're so far up and it's this amazing view, and there's these beautiful gardens up there, and a, an old church. I think there's an old church in every town <laughs> in Europe, but, deep, but anyway, yep. and a great restaurant that overlooks the the mountains, and it's it's a really pretty town. And That's another nice stop. But uh, lemon farms are very popular in this area. That's that's their literal like bread and butter in the history of the Amalfi Coast, and that it, in Sorrento. So they used to grow much more. Well, lemons through the years, but as obviously more countries have started to grow lemons, that that kind of collapsed mm-hmm. their their business. So that's how come they started with like lemoncello and things okay. like that, is to find a new market for the lemons. Do some <laughs> added
1: value yeah. there.
0: So you can go to a lemon farm, see how it works. You can have dinner on a lemon farm. You could stay on a lemon farm. We stayed on a on a lemon farm one time for about a week and just did day trips from there. Mm-hmm. And then from the Amalfi Coast area, depending on where you stay, there's some really unique, smaller, not as known towns. There's a coastal town on the opposite side of uh, Amalfi Coast called Bari, Mm -hmm. and you could go over there. It's a little bit of a challenge. You got to take the train from Naples or get a private driver and get over there. It's about a four hour train from, from Naples. But you can stay over in Bari and from there take day tours a couple day tours, you only need a few days there, but there's a town called Matera and it's known for, uh, it's kind of like the city of caves. There's all these mm. caves that are built into it and like stone churches. And it's this big rock fortress up on a hill. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to see this, this is area I haven't been yet. Um, and then another town and I'm going to massacre this one too. Al, Alberobello. I think Albro it's pronounced. Bello. I think it's how it's pronounced. Okay. And it's these whitewashed stone huts with these kind of thatched circular roofs, mm-hmm. but like the whole village is like this. Hmm. And it's supposed to be amazing to see and charming. And that's, that's a must see. Apparently I'm on everyone's list just to see this. So these are things that you can do from Bari and it's supposed to be a beautiful coastal town. So I'd like to see that's on my list the next time I go and you can also go into more of the heel like Lecce, you know the toe. Uh you can go over to Sicily, you know the things like that. I would say Sicily would be more of a its own trip like fly from Rome to C- Sicily. So Sicily kind of is its own little its own little, little thing. thing. Then so there's a lot to see depending on what your interests are. You know, yeah. obviously
1: well, not knowing anything else, my interests are the food, the history, get to know the people. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like for me, the way you described it, uh, picking a home base and maybe two or three or four, depending mm-hmm. on how much time you've you've got and doing those day trips. That really sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah, I would say Good like if we that. had two weeks, I wouldn't mind doing like Venice for a little bit and then Rome for a little bit and then and then doing the Bari area. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I hadn't done that area with the Amalfi on the way, like stopping with and doing Amalfi so I could show you that. Yeah, it's almost like Italy is very similar to the United States where you have to go back a couple times because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's just too hard to see it all in one trip.
1: Yeah, it's not like one of those things where you just check off the box. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true with almost any kind of travel location. True.
0: And then starting next year, you might have heard of this. Everybody's calling it this visa for Europe. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's actually not a visa and it's not for all of Europe. But this is something that has been in the works for several years and they've postponed it because of the pandemic. And now it sounds like it's going to be launched in some point, 2024. Um, But it, it is called European Travel Information and Authorization System form, an ETIAS. And it's very similar to what uh, Australia and New Zealand do. And it's an online form. You pay a small fee, you put in your information and they approve it. You take your Q- QR code and you show it to them upon arrival, and it's good for several years and several entries. So you just do it once, and it's good for a couple of years. So you don't have to do it every time you go to Europe, uh, and it won't be for every single country within Europe. Stay tuned with which countries they will be. I won't go through it in this podcast, but it'll be specific ones that that will require it. But I believe Italy is on that list, so that's coming.
1: All right. So to wrap it up, what would be like your Top tips for somebody new going to Italy, like me:
0: save your time and money, and really try to do as much as you can in the time that you have. Mm-hmm. Try to really immerse yourself in mm-hmm. Italy and enjoy. Bring your stretchy pants <laughs> <laughs> for all the, it's, it's, all the good food and the watch yeah, gr- okay. gelato and the wine. And, yep. Yeah, but you do walk around. I guess you just got to go more than once. And it sounds very accessible. Very, yeah. yeah. The train is is great. Just Remember, you're having to bring your own bags on and off the train, So, and storage is a, a limited, so small bags. I made that mistake the first year. I brought a gigantic bag and nowhere gi- to put it on the train. Gigantic America. <laughs> we, we've done that
1: before, too, where yeah. the the got our <laughs> big American, international size <laughs> Get in the train, you're like, the suitcases you're and they're like, <laughs> they just roll their
0: eyes. Maybe like have that. an empty suitcase for all the stuff you're going to buy in the wine. You're gonna
1: buy. Well, I'm excited. I want to go. I've been wanting to go for a long time, but. That helps for me, kind of think about how to approach it, you know, so that it's accessible and different ways. All right, before we sign off here, so of the many trips that you've gone without me, what, what was the <laughs> best? This might be hard to pick. What was the best dollar that you spent?
0: My my best dollar I spent, Uh, kind of in the same thing as some of our other trips is a mug that I bought. Mm-hmm. I love buying the coffee mugs wherever I go, if it if it fits and feels right, and it's going to be something that I'm going to remember forever. But I fell in love with Ravello when we went this last time, me and my girlfriend, and I wanted something to remember that spot from. And we happened to walk into a shop and she had all these handmade things and just all sorts of arts and crafts. And she had this gigantic coffee mug with the lemons on it, mm-hmm. and it says Ravello on it, and I had to get it. and Spent a little bit of money on it and it packed it preciously. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that's like one of my favorite mugs. <laughs> it makes you smile every time. I remember that they have
1: coffee and yeah, talk about that. I love that. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to spending my best dollar there.
0: I'm looking yeah. forward to taking you yeah, and we'll, spending your money. <laughs> we'll see
1: how that works out and hopefully sooner rather than later.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, everybody grab your passport and let's go. Thanks for listening to Passport Required. Please be sure and join the Silverleaf Travel Facebook page so that we can connect with you. It is also a great place to share your own travel tips, experiences, and wisdom with the Silverleaf Travel community. If you got something out of
1: this episode, we would love it if you would subscribe and also give us a rating and review. We always want to get better and we will read all of your comments and suggestions for topics so that we can make this podcast the best resource possible. My name is Gary Covert
0: And I'm Kim Cobert. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Silverleaf Travel Community.